Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, there was a horrific story in Live 95 News this morning about... Uh, the abuse that a donkey had su- suffered, but it seems that animals all around are suffering during this pandemic. One thing that has happened is that there's been an, an absolute surge in sales of puppies online. As everyone's spending more time at home, many people have decided that now is the time to introduce a dog to the family. And as demand's increased, so too has the price and online sellers are charging thousands of euros for a pup. Unfortunately, some of these sellers are running puppy farms and are profiting from the rise in demand. The increase also inevitably means that numerous puppies are going to be abandoned when owners return to work. Live 95's Rebecca O'Sullivan has been speaking with Marion Fitzgibbon from Limerick Animal Welfare. We all know what's going to happen. Many of these dogs will be looking to be rehoused they'll be abandoned or the more responsible people will try and rehome them or come to Limerick Animal Welfare and see, um, you know, how many can we take in. So it will be, obviously, the market will be flooded with unwanted dogs, just like at the moment there isn't a dog available. What condition would these dogs be in and what conditions are they kept in at these puppy farms? It's appalling and I went to a meeting a year ago in Dublin with the, the great Maureen O'Sullivan who has retired who has done so much work over her life for the welfare of animals and we went and we had a meeting at Leinster House and I had high hopes that something legislation was going to be enacted to bring the puppy farmers under control and nothing really happened. We had a wonderful meeting with Minister Canny, he was the Minister for State and he seemed, you know, really anxious to do something but all we got was some small changes in the way advertisers and the microchipping details and that that has to be put up. But we still have, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of puppy farms all over Ireland. And these would be licensed by our local authorities and they can breed anything from 90 to 300 breeding bitches in buildings that are totally inadequate. They have no sanitation, most of them. They have no ventilation. They have no heating. They have no requirement for disposal of animal effluent and they're allowed to function with no regulation because they're classified as a puppy farmer. And our sanctuary, if anybody visits, knows that we have the most stringent um, regulations in place for special septic tanks and, uh, you know, polishing filters and we have an inspection every year to make sure every piece of a discharge from the sanctuary is properly, uh, as it should be, disposed of. But um, we've just put up a new barn and uh, I can't put any dog feces out on the ground. But the puppy farmers continually spreading uh, this on the ground and they're not breaking any regulations under the puppy farm regulations because there aren't any proper rules and regulations for puppy farmers. And they're allowed to continue to breed all these bitches into the market every year. And most of these are the puppies that are being bought by the unknowing public at the moment for large, as you said at the beginning, unusual amounts of money that don't, don't totally unreasonable. Compared to, say, prices that would have been up a year ago, it is astronomical. You're, you're talking about, say, 1,500, 1,900, 2,000 yeah, for puppies. Nothing at the moment. Now, I have three telephones here, and one of them takes uh, a landline with answering machine. And it says, oh, I've rang all over Ireland. I'm looking for a cockapoo. Money doesn't matter. We're prepared to pay 2000 for a cockapoo. That's a coodle, poodle 
spread with the golden cockerum. Uh, everything you have, a, a Jack Russell charge with a pug is a joke. So if people ringing me up asking, would I have a joke? A joke for sale. I don't have any jokes. Limerick and Wellford. We don't, <laughs> don't have any jokes. We Maybe the ceramic kind, but that's it. In our furniture shop in Parnell Street, which I'm glad to say <laughs> this week, but we don't have any jokes. But I mean, they're paying up to 4000 Awful one is the Pomeranian bread with a husky, a Pomsky. And if it has two blue eyes, it's very... If you can get one with two blue eyes, that's the top price. Then you can top. charge more. And if it has brown eyes, I think it's 2000 And I can't remember if it has one brown eye and one blue eye. I can't remember what that is. But I mean, they're from two to 4000 to pop. Wow, that's an awful lot of money to spend on a dog. Uh, designer dogs there. That's Marion Fitzgibbon chatting to our own Rebecca O'Sullivan. Well, I'm joined now on the line this morning by Liz Gray, who is uh, with Rock Hall Vets. Good morning to you, Liz. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And we also have Connor Dowling, who's the Chief Inspector of the ISPCA. Good morning to you, Connor. Liz, that, those well, Pomsky, uh, Cockapoo uh, and a Jug, are those familiar terms to you as a vet? Yeah, like I would say at the moment, nearly 60 or 70% of the new puppies we're seeing are these um, designer crossbreeds, uh, for want of a better description. Um, and a lot of them now are, like as Marion was saying on the clip there, they're going for really astronomical prices and they really aren't the healthiest dogs and what I would always say to people is when they're thinking of adopting a new puppy, they should be able to spend three times as much as they spent on their puppy in vet bills in the first month. And um, that would be sort of the responsible thing to do. And a lot of the time, um, especially during lockdown, we've seen a huge increase in people um, bringing in their new puppies to us. Unfortunately, they just haven't been able to afford the veterinary care that goes along with um, some of these thicker dogs. And as a result of that, what's happening to the puppies if they can't afford the care? Yeah, like, you know, I think most people, they try their best and, um, you know, get the veterinary care that, that they can. Um, a lot of people are looking to put dogs up for adoption or surrender dogs. And that's really sad. You know, you think of um, the sort of state of mind of some of these animals and puppies that have been put into a new housing environment, have become attached to a family and then all of a sudden, you know, are, are being moved into a completely different environment, new people, new family. So it's very stressful for these animals. And what sorts of problems do people come in with the designer dogs in particular? Yeah, so, you know, I, I suppose it, it really is some sort of nature's way to, to have a husky um, bred with a Pomeranian. They're two completely different size animals. And um, they, yes, they carry some sort of aesthetically pleasing qualities that might um, appear in the puppies, but um, they're just really not meant to be, to be crossed together. And they might look well, but they can have some serious issues with, you know, you're trying to, the husky brain inside in the head size of a Pomeranian and they can have some neurological issues as a result of that. Um, in particular, sometimes we see uh, Jack Russell Terriers and Chihuahuas crossed together. Um, I, I often find those are the puppies that can be really um, in thrifty, really unwell and they have a lot of neurological problems and they just don't, they're not healthy and it's bad for families to see because especially families who think they're doing you know, the right thing and um, it's really heartbreaking to see them come to terms with owning a, a, sicker, a sicker puppy. Are there any crossbreeds that are healthy and strong, uh, you know, that are yeah. popular 
popular at the moment. Like it seems odd to me that people would choose these breeds with these expensive health problems based purely on aesthetics. I can understand people cho- choosing crossbreeds for other reasons, as in them having a, a, a nice temperament that'll work with children yeah. or not needing an awful lot of exercise if you if you weren't in a position to be able to bring them for long walks. That makes sense to me, but just on what they look like, just it's a vanity project really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, um, unfortunately I think I think it is, but you know, you do see some of the benefits of, of responsible breeders who have a family and um, whose family dog, a family poodle, and um, a family Labrador and they're making I suppose they're they're breeding them every three or four years in a really responsible way and the puppies are bred at home, you know, that's um they're nice, healthy puppies and, you know, I've plenty of patients and clients um, um who are really happy with their dogs and they've grown up to be lovely, healthy dogs, but it's when you know th- Supply has to reach demand and over the last two months, demand is just so extreme that it really cranks up these puppy farms and they're pushing out puppies that, you know, the bitch will have been bred um, once or twice a year, which is not acceptable. That's exhausting for her. Um, They're kept in terrible conditions and as a result, the puppies aren't socialised properly. They develop a lot of behavioural problems. They have some health issues and they're being pushed out into the market just to reach this demand that we are putting on the industry. Okay, well, Connor. What Marion was saying there about puppy farms was quite alarming. There doesn't seem to be the the regulations for them. Are you facing all these problems that we're hearing about in terms of lots of people uh, getting extra dogs? Are they are they getting rid of them already? Are they abandoning them already? Well, I'd say we haven't experienced that as yet, but it is a concern uh, going forward as to how will people if they've been working from home and then they have to go back to work, how will they deal with that? It does appear anecdotally that there are a lot of uh, puppies being sold at the minute, and dogs of all ages for that matter. And the number of ads online is, is huge. The money they're fetching is huge. And it does seem that a lot of people have thought, well, I'm going to be at home for the next few weeks. It's the ideal time to, to get a puppy. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's some merit to that, but they need to be able to follow through with it. So when they go back to work, that they're able to provide the care for that dog going on. Um, on the dog breeding establishments, as they would uh, call themselves, but the um, there is the Dog Breeding Establishments Act, and it's currently under review. So we hope to see some changes, and the guidelines associated with it were uh, updated there last year. Um, so you know there are standards there that should be complied with, but what we do need is consistent enforcement around the country uh, and certain high standards, because you know if you're being a commercial breeder, you know you should be operating at a very high standard. Uh, and, and nowhere near the sort of standard that uh, the, the, the Animal Health and Welfare Act that we work with uh, would, would require. You should be aiming for a higher standard. Connor, a, a story that made our website, now it didn't happen in this country, but it really did alarm me, was this one about the, the Love Island couple, Molly, Haig, Molly May Haig and Tommy Fury. That they actually bought their dog from Russia. They imported a puppy from Russia and it died just six days after it arrived because of, you know, neurological problems and half of its brain, I think, was exposed. But, like, going to that kind of lengths, are people, will people do anything to get a dog? Unfortunately, it seems they will. And, you know, it's, it's all about supply and demand and this is where the problems come from. And we have to be careful about legislating and breeding completely because... That's pretty much what's happened in Britain. And as a result, there's a huge vacuum there and the desire for pups. So they are importing puppies from a lot from Ireland um, and also from Eastern Europe and further afield. And so, you know, we, we have to be careful. We have to get the balance right. And in fact, the reason why there's been so much dog breeding in Ireland uh, up to this point is to satisfy the British demand. 
So, um, you know, people seem to, unfortunately, you know, very sensible people make foolish decisions when faced with a cute puppy. And uh, people don't seem to be able to see the warning signs and stop and say, no, I'm not going to go through with this. But unfortunately, we're contacted quite regularly by people, understandably upset people who purchased the puppy who then developed an illness. But when when we go back and look at the backstory, you know, they've made all the mistakes. Uh, you know, they might have spoken to three different men on, on the phone before buying it. They've still met them at a neutral location halfway. All they have is a, a mobile phone and a, an online ad. And though these are quickly deleted and new phones bought. So it can be very difficult. Your line's breaking up there, Connor. Um, but, but um, sorry. So we, we need people to be, you know, to be sensible, uh, to be responsible. And, and to to make the right decision to stop and say, no, I'm not going to buy this dog. Liz, do you think that that is the main problem, is that people aren't doing the right thing? They're just kind of, I suppose, overtaken by the cuteness of, of a young puppy and aren't, you know, something like uh, getting a, a puppy, meeting somebody at a halfway point where you don't actually see where they've been raised or have no clue what kind of care they've had. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I think it's difficult for people. And like Connor was saying, it's really hard when you're, you know, when you're at that stage where you're presented with a lovely cute puppy. It's very, very hard to back away at that point. So what I always say to people is, you know, for these sort of online advertised dogs, um, I, I would always say, you know, think about where's mum? Have you gone to the environment where this dog is raised? Have you seen the, you know, the bitch and the dog? Have you seen the family the puppies were, were raised with? you know, that that's that's absolutely key. And meeting somebody halfway or sometimes breeders will say, Oh, just to be handy, I'll meet you in such and such a location and we'll do the drop off there. That's that's just a huge warning sign. You know, you really need to you know, you need to be able to trust these people who've who've bred this dog that's gonna be a huge part of your family and you know, if you've young kids and you're raising a puppy with them, you want to be confident that this puppy has come from a nice, safe, healthy environment where it's it's learned proper um dog behaviours and it's been looked after carefully. And and oftentimes what happens is these photos on online medias are they're staged, so they're brought in from the breeding establishments or the puppy farms. They're sat on the couch, photos are taken and they're just put straight back out. So it, it it's really difficult for people who who aren't looking for those little triggers to to identify that. So that's why, you know, as a vet, I'm really passionate about giving people advice about finding the right dog for them. And I'm always, always available to take a phone call from people to discuss, you know, what their options are, you know, to give them guidance on what kind of dog might suit their family and to go through the checkpoint of what to look for when purchasing a puppy from a breeder so that you can be confident that you're getting the healthiest dog you can. Connor, can I ask you, I know at one point there was uh, an inspector based in the Limerick area. Do the ISPCA have an inspector here at the moment? We do, yes. Okay, so if people are aware of dogs being mistreated or, you know, perhaps somebody seems to be selling a lot of dogs, doing what uh, Liz was saying there, um, and they don't think that they, they might be registered, can they report that to the ISPCA? Is that the right way to go or do you go to the dog warden? Well, it would depend on the circumstances. I mean, there's a number of different sort of legal aspects here, you know, whether it be um, the registration of a dog being established with the local authority. 
uh, whether the, the animals are microchipped that they should be. And sometimes we're seeing animals being smuggled out of the country without the appropriate paperwork. And then, of course, there's the welfare aspect where, where we come in. So, but if you contact the ICC, we're sure that, that it's locked into. And we speak to, if it's not for our us to deal with, we speak to the relevant people and make sure it's, uh, it's locked into. And something just to say on the, on the purchase of, of animals and the sale of animals, there is a, a website, a site, the Irish Pet Advertising Advisory Group, IPAG website, and there's a lot of information there for people who are considering uh, buying an animal, what they should look for, what are the warning signs, and, and a lot of tips and advice there. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us in Limerick today this morning. That's Connor Dowling, Chief Inspector for the ISPCA, and Liz Gray from Rockhall Vets. Call Limerick today now on 461995.